Let's go to the people from patreon.com slash smoking tire podcast. Michael Cosgrove says, keep cash and crush. It's a version of fuck, marry, kill, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, crush the uh, Bentega Puro Sangue. We didn't talk about the Ferrari SUV we did yet. Not. And the Urus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you, strangely enough, by another podcast. <laughs> F1 Fast and Loose with Will Arnett. Do you like listening to the sound of Will Arnett's voice? Yes. Do you want to listen to him talk about Formula One racing? Because Maybe. now you can. Formula One drivers live life in the fast lane on and off the track. And Wondry's new podcast, Fast and Loose F1, hosted by Will Arnett, is here to cover it all. From McLaren to Ferrari to Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton to Daniel Ricciardo, the world's most prestigious and fastest F1 teams challenge each other on the world stage. And on Fast and Loose F1, you'll hear from those drivers, managers, and team owners who get inside access into the high-stakes drama of the chase to win the world's greatest racing competition. Smartless co-host Will Arnett will be joined by two-time world champion, the flying fin, Mika Hakkinen, baller, revealing the high-speed twists and turns after every Formula One race. Listen to Fast and Loose F1 on Amazon Music or wherever you get podcasts, or listen ad-free by subscribing to Wondry Plus in the Wondry app. Hey folks, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Berryman Automotive. You know, although you can walk into an auto parts store and find hundreds of lubricants and additives, sealers and parts cleaners, but only one company has made hundreds of those products for over a century, and that's Berryman. Whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer or somewhere in between, the Berryman name has been synonymous with performance-enhancing solutions like their industry gold standard B. 12 chem tool fuel additives made with Berryman's exclusive high energy solvent technology or HEST. Hundreds of solutions and a hundred years of experience, all from one company that's Berryman Products, all American made since 1918. Berryman remains committed to producing products that meet the highest standards of performance, reliability, and environmental responsibility. In fact, here at my business, Westside Collector Car Storage, where we record this podcast. We store over a hundred cars. Many of them are in our long-term care. And over that amount of time, if you've heard this in the past from someone else or myself, fuel can go bad. The chemical compounds can break down and gunk up your fuel system. And that's why we use Berryman's fuel stabilizing products and fuel system cleaning products here in our cars to keep these cars ready to drive uh, and have clean strong fuel systems every time their owners want to take them out. So you'll find Berryman at all major automotive retailers or check them out at BerrymanProducts.com. That's B-E-R-R-Y-M-A-N Products.com. We're also brought to you today by Off the Record, OTR, baby. Do not participate in the ecosystem that they want you to participate in. Don't plead guilty when you get a speeding ticket or other moving violation. Call Off the Record. In fact, I use the word call, but you don't really have to call. You can go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off the Record app and use code TST10. Off the Record will set you up with a quality qualified attorney in the area where you got that ticket the jurisdiction if you if you 
choose to say it that way. And they will fight that ticket on your behalf. You don't have to appear in court. And that way, when they get those points off your record, you now are saving money on insurance because they will jack your insurance rates if you get a ticket and plead guilty to it. That's why you got to call off the record. They have saved so many of our fans money. I regularly, and I'm talking about once a week, get an email from somebody who used off the record and is calling or emailing to thank me for introducing them because it's such an easy service. Once you've got the app or once you log in, all you got to do is upload a ticket uh, via a photo from your camera phone or a scan, and they will handle the rest. It's super easy. It's affordable. And with code TST10 on the app or offtherecord.com slash TST on the web, we will save you 10% on all off-the-record legal services from now until 2025. Love having these guys around. If I get pulled over, I'm confident that it's not going to become a problem later. Off the record is the official ticket fighter, ticket fighter connector of the Smoking Tire podcast. All right, folks, on this episode of the show, Zach and I have done a thorough spanking of the Aston Martin DBX in the canyons. We talk about that a little bit. Also, we reveal and review our giveaway project car what is the best canyon car for thirty thousand dollars find out what it is and then win it with our smoke and tire project canyon car giveaway contest uh, we also go to the board uh, the patreon patreon.com slash smoke tire podcast of course for questions including what mods can make your car feel the most special this is a good one how to make your car the most special it's a crew show today on the smoking tire podcast well you can use oat milk with the steam and just i'm going to just about moving at the right amount i wonder if it froths at the same kind of way that regular milk froths with this is a question for a youtube barista right 100 percent like yeah Here's yeah. the perfect way to make the perfect debit. Right. Can you get your latte art going and do all that shit? I have so many fucking tweets about this coming at me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, if you have a recommendation on how to froth milk, please tweet Matt at the Smoking Tire. Just, just don't. <laughs> it's like the, the, by far the worst part of having a podcast is we're having this conversation now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forget about it in 20 minutes. And then in a week and a half, when this show goes up, I'm going to get 100 tweets about oat milk and be like, what the fuck are you even talking about? I stopped, like, oh, I yeah. stopped thinking about this so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get, we'll get, I'll get no context Instagram DMs about shit I talked about literally years ago that people have just discovered now because that's how on-demand content works. Right. But they'll, no context. They won't be like, hey, in the show from September of 2021, you said this, and I have a thought on that. Use it, don't use it, whatever. But they'll just be like, Coca-Cola Zero. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And they're like, you, in a podcast, you said it. I was like, from what year? Yeah. Like, who That's a good knows? tip for people. If you're going to message us about a podcast topic, provide the context. Yeah, I, I delete. I respond to... I, I respond to emails I get. I respond to tweets that are written to me. I respond to Instagram DMs. I do my very best to engage with people. But if you message me with something on any platform, for fuck's sake, give me some context. Don't just share someone's Instagram story with me with no context. I will not watch that shit. I'm deleting your message. Don't say, bottled water 
and with no context, I'm not. I have no idea we're talking about, or I'm going to respond mad. I'm going to literally say, "What the fuck are you talking about?" The only exception was soccer ball, but that's the soccer ball but thing. That's a reference from I haven't season gotten a so- one yeah. of uh, podcast. I haven't yeah. gotten a soccer ball, and if I if you could do a soccer ball in 2022, I, I might. I'll get a chuckle out of that because you've really gone deep in the catalog. Yeah, <laughs> but like the number of no context DMs, fucking. Absurd. Right, it's hard because no one will do people just not know how to communicate anymore? No, but they, but they're listening to it then, and then like you said, they go, "Oh, I have I saw an Instagram reel about this bottled water thing," yeah. and they'll send it to you. But it's a month later, or even days later, and we're like, "Why are you sending a yeah. video about bottled water?" No idea. Because we forgot. Yeah. You know? so no idea. It's just, we need the context. Yeah. Please just help help me out a little bit. It's like being in court. They have to go. On the night of the fifth, you said blah yeah. blah 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 blah, and you go uh huh, and, and then they go. And yeah. Here's the leading question. Like I'll engage with you to the point where you'll be like, "Doesn't this guy have something to do?" Like at that level, but you need to provide context for what we're saying. I appreciate that you're a fan. I appreciate that you're listening to the show, even if it's a fucking years old show. Fine, great. Take the view. Take the say. I'll take the stream. I will sell ads against it. We, just, like, we need to know what the fuck you're talking about. That's <laughs> yeah. really what it is. If you want to talk, yeah. tell me what you want to talk about before, especially with social media, because you can just hit that share right, button. Right, Fucking no context share of some random fool's stories. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to watch that. that. There could be a dick in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's your fear. That's so it's funny. It's not my fear. I've seen dicks before, but like... <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, without a, like, I'm not, it tells you if I've seen it. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of sending me that shit and seeing the scene without some fucking, hey, I was thinking of you when I saw this dick and decided to send it to you. That's the So make sure to give Matt the context (laughs) with the the Instagram reels. I think you're safe on reels. I don't think they can show that stuff. They don't do dicks on reels? I don't think so. I've never gone looking. Twitter's full porn. For a while, I decided to follow porn stars on Twitter, and then I realized very quickly they're not interesting outside of the one thing that- You see their starfish four times in a week. You've probably seen it. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of porn stars I started following in like, oh, nine- it's now 2022. We're just we're not there anymore. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's different. Everything. Yeah, I unfollowed all. I unfollowed all Instagram hoes. I follow no Instagram hoes anymore. Mm. And and it, it really cleaned up the feed. Yeah, really feel. I mean, Instagram kind of sucks in general now because of all the the bots and stuff. But like, I uh, I not follow it. And also getting shit from people you don't follow. Like, why is I don't don't suggest to me anything. Suggest nothing. Send me. I chose to follow these five hundred. Oh people. right, yeah. Instagram's Give like you post. might like this. Because, yeah. yeah, that's very annoying. It's, yeah. I might the, fucking not. The, you know, I spend a lot of time doing the don't show me this again. Yeah, it's, a ho- lot. it's helpful. A lot. So much Jordan Peterson adjacent trash. <laughs> Do not show me Jordan <laughs> Peterson adjacent class. anything. The fake masterclass was hilarious. Yeah, that was really fucking funny. Um, so anyway, there's cars. Oh yeah, um, huh? I I wrote a list too, but you wrote a list. Well, we 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 drove the DBX, which I talked about before in the last show. We did. But you I drove had it not this time, it. so I got to drive it. We went to the canyons and did the review. Turns out, uh, kind of good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> very good. Like as far as large SUVs, performance SUVs go, I think it is second in. Okay, I'll go third in like performance feedback. 
it's it's right there with the Cayenne Cayenne GT, GT and Urus GT Turbo are the, and Urus. Like are those the, are the top. Yeah, but the Cayenne is almost so aggressive in terms of alignment and performance. It it's not as comfortable around town, and it's right. like. Why am I driving a GTR that's labeled as Porsche? Like, just just go get a sports car. It's, it's yeah. The thing about the Cayenne GT is like, it's amazing, and I don't want one at all. Yeah, like exactly. Like, it doesn't. Nothing that it does, I need. And to ninety nine point nine percent of the people, it looks and feels like like a car that costs half as much. Yep. You know what I mean? Like. And well, I like the Cayenne a lot, and I like Cayennes the Cayenne Turbo excellent. a lot. And yeah. I like that they they can really have that dual personality of off-road and comfortable on the road, and they can do decent canyon right. performance driving. But like the just Turbo the GT. Or, just or the, or the GT, GT yeah. is high enough for me. I don't I don't need you to give me the GT3 RS Cayenne. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I talked I, my father. I we we went over this. He got ordered a new Cayenne. I talked him out of the Turbo. He was just going to get another Turbo because he's always bought turbos. I talked him out of it. Said so you don't need this. Mm-hmm. You will. You never use it. I know how you drive. You use thirty three percent throttle at most ever. I go get the hybrid. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah, and it'll be fast enough and like whatever. If if someone showed up somewhere and said I bought a Cayenne GT, one of our clients here at Westside got one, loves it, great. I'm happy. You're happy, but I don't see. It looks like a regular Cayenne, unless you're a real fucking Cayenne connoisseur. Mm-hmm. And the things that it does are so far beyond what basically anybody would use it for. Yeah, absolutely. That it, it doesn't. The tires are, are sticky, but they're going to wear out quicker. Like the yeah, the can- are be two and a half Dude, degrees of negative amazing. camber is um, crazy. If you didn't see the video, we parked on a dirt lot, and the outside of the tires, maybe outside an inch and a half, not even touching the ground. I think more. I think the outside two inches of the tire are not actually touching the Never ground. Never a clearer dis- um, depiction of camber has there <laughs> been on our channel. Yeah, it was a hilarious amount yeah. of factory camber. But the reason, so to go back to the DBX, the reason it's so good is because it's from a, I would call, supercar sports car manufacturer. That's like all they do. And so this has enough of the elements of like a DBS, DB7, DB9 in handling and fun it's got the shape for it. So, like, yeah. it's like out of the gate, it's a performance SUV and it delivers on that, but it also is really usable and has good ground clearance and all that other shit. Yeah, I literally use it to move. I've been hauling cardboard in it for days. Did, oh, like, did you put the cover back in? I will tonight. Okay, just, but, but I, yeah, I took, the, I took the luggage compartment cover off. It's sitting in my garage right now. I'll put it back on. But, like, I've, li- I've hauled probably 200 pounds of cardboard. In this thing, like flat so, boxes, so many wow. flat boxes because we have a dumpster here at WCCS. I've run every box we use to move has been folded up, put in the back of the DBX, and brought here. Like it's so usable. I went to dinner with four people. Um, in the canyons, it is fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's so fast, and the rest of the time, it looks distinctly Aston Martin. It's. I don't. There are some people commented that they thought it was ugly. I don't think it's ugly at all. I think it looks great. I don't think the f- dead front is its best angle. I would it's say it's got a big mouth. But I think from any, every other direction, it's a very good looking car. But like, I think the 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 design language of Aston sports cars has been successfully applied to an SUV better yeah. than the Aventador styling applied to an Audi Q8 platform with the Urus. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mean, think, I think that pointy nose works on the Urus. I don't. I agree. Like, I and there's one literally at the car wash across the street right now. It's like baby blue. I think it looks. It definitely looks like a Lamborghini. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a good looking Lamborghini yeah. truck. Whereas this is like this is definitely a better looking SUV. I love driving Urus's. I I did a lot of miles in them, and mm-hmm. I think they drive great. And and if you want a Lamborghini, you can drive every day. They're like shockingly roomy in yeah. the front and the back. They're fast as fuck. They have great brakes. They they do everything really well. Yes. But visually, they still don't do it for me in really any color. This, I think, works much better stylistically. And the performance is really close to what you get out of an Urus. Like, it's, it would take a, a either instrumented testing or the Stig to really tell the difference between a DBX 707 and an Urus. Like the stopping yeah. distance, Urus is two feet shorter. The road holding is 0.6 better. You Zero know, to 60 time is like a tenth or a two. Tenth, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. In the Top real speed world, of this car is like 193. Yeah, in the real world, they're the same. Yeah. I mean, they're fundamentally the same. And, you know, so we drove this car. We filmed the car, I should say, on the more open, flowy road, which, of course, it, sh- it shined on, shone on, but... Uh, once we were leaving and we started driving on the twistier stuff, we stopped really briefly, and I was just like, "Holy shit! Yeah. This thing really, really impresses when the turns get to like that second, third gear corner, and the turn in is eager but not too aggressive. Like it just, I was so was really impressed good with how dialed it was. Yeah, and it has a forty-eight volt." Suspension, active anti-roll control. Those were disengaged um, because oh, we yeah. had a little bit of a problem. But oh, even yeah. in its, let's call it the honest setting of GT, which is the soft setting, I was really impressed by it. Yeah. And it's got the the wet clutch gearbox, mm-hmm. which is really fast and responsive and smooth. And, I mean, it's not often that, like, a – because the regular DBX is a torque converter. Like, it's not often that the upgraded model gets a completely different gearbox in this class of car. You know, the, the gearbox – in a Cayenne, all the way up is torque. It's torque converter, you know, pretty much all the way up. So it's it to to change entirely for the higher model is rare. Yeah, and it and you you can it's something you can really feel in terms of how the car drives all the time. Did the Cayenne's transmission? Your memory's better than mine. Did it manage those like mid throttle shifts more quickly? Because the DBX. If you're at 50, 60% throttle, the shift is a little lazy. It's like there's a half second between pulling the paddle. And then it shifts, mm. but at full throttle, the DBX, it's like immediate. But I can't remember if the Cayenne was a little better because Porsche, been, like PDK, like is really good at half. that. And the torque converter stuff is pretty good too, but it's not as good as PDK. It yeah. just they try, but it's not. Where you notice it is the downshifts. The downshifts of a torque converter, they have a little bit of that drag because mm-hmm. it doesn't fully disconnect. The wet clutch, you can feel it open, cl- open rev close. And it's it's a snappier right uh, downshift, you know, you, where it doesn't drag on the engine in the middle of the gear change. Um, it's the reason I've always said that the AMG GT is better than the Aston V8 Vantage because they're the same fucking engine, but one has the wet clutch, uh, and one ha- or actually the the GT has a has a, a dual clutch transaxle, and the Aston uses the ZF, which is a fine gearbox. For many things, but in a supercar, right? It's it it doesn't feel as sporting. Yeah, definitely. And so clutches are good. 
Um, we did have a little bit of an issue. I drove this thing for a week, hundreds of miles, no problems. The thing was ace. I was warned that it, because it was a prototype, there mm-hmm. might be some hiccups. It even said prototype on the window. Um, Zach drove it for a day, <laughs> no problem, and then all of a sudden, the drive mode selector stopped working. Yeah. Right before we were to make the video. Mm-hmm. So we had to make the video in standard GT mode. I assume this is just a pre-production prototype hookup or uh, uh, fuck up. And yeah, it cause, sucks. Because it, it was working but... in the morning on the way to our location. And then I, I sat for a while and uh, I think I turned it off and on. And then the, that controller was like no longer illuminated and didn't work. Yeah. So it wasn't like something went wrong or I you know hit a bump or I don't know, clipped a wire. It was just like literally it was working and then it wasn't. Yeah. So, so occasionally we have <laughs> issues with press cars and like... I don't know. This is an early, early build, um, hand-built car. Literally seven, says prototype on it. Literally says prototype on it and has 7,500 7, miles. So it's it's approaching the end of its useful life and will probably meet the crusher very soon. Yeah. But um, still, despite that hiccup, which I assume is a software issue, I thought the build quality of it was incredibly good. I yeah, mean, I agree. Um, you know, Astons are very expensive, but... Um, when they talk about them being handmade, you know, you have these very rich leathers. They smell like expensive handbags. They're th- the leather's very thick and feels really soft and nice. But then sometimes the stitching won't be quite right. And there's evidence that it was done by hand, which people can find charming. Or some people go, well, it's, you know, I, I'll, it's fine if it's done by a machine if it's straight. Yeah. Um, but this one was the first one where I really felt like it... it Got right up on the on the assembly of the German stuff. It felt like really tightly put together, which I thought was great. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Nice car. Yeah, I mean, three hundred grand it should be a nice car, but but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. You know, sometimes. And sometimes they're flawed. Yeah, and I and you know the first DBX like this has a lot of hardware changes and it it's noticeable like when you're driving it. Yeah, like there are a lot of improvements made and those things all um, <clears throat> are are uh, obvious. It's so much better that Aston <laughs> thinks it will outsell the regular one. Wow. Like most people don't need the difference between 500 and 700 horsepower, but you notice all these differences even when you're not using the extra power. And um I mean the handling and the rider better. Like yeah. the power, forget about it, but it was the handling, ride and steering yeah. that were really obvious yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. They were really good. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Thanks Aston for uh sending that one down. And, uh, and we got to have a go in the um, VF Engineering Supercharged uh, Lamborghini Huracan STO. Oh, I've now driven every product that they've made since 2011. Um, and the, the product itself, their supercharger package for Lamborghinis, has had to only evolve ever so slightly. They just have more and more applications. But with the STO, they're starting with the gnarliest Huracan ever, rear wheel drive, rear steer, very light by Huracan standards. Mm-hmm. Um, v- the linear steering makes it yeah, very progressive, very touchy, very responsive, amazing brakes, and um, turns out, two hundred horsepower more is good. 
Yeah. Shocking. The foundation is obviously there. It's it's almost like you got a, a GT3 race car, which usually has handicap power compared to like the factory, and mm. then they just turn that knob back up again. Like you're like, oh, this has all the race components. Yeah. And now we just add the power back. Well, Nick's philosophy is always that they bring the power level up to the capability of the chassis. I've never driven a car from VF where I felt like it was overpowered, you know, or, or super hairy. Um, this is the first one I've ever driven from them where uh, it felt like even in the low gears that you had to fight for traction. With the all-wheel drive cars, it was just like, oh, power down, run nines, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, you could do a burnout. You could you could chirp the tires in second. You know, you could do some stuff like well, that. Well, when you tested the STO on the street, I remember when you launched I did a burnout it, of it that. lit up like first and second oh, gear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we have 200 more horsepower. Well, this one, if you roll into it in second... With, with traction, in tr- on. with tr- not even in track mode, where traction control is in that sports setting, um, the traction control is off, but stability control is still on. You'll you'll blow the tires off a second, um, just rolling into it, which is pretty good. Yes, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, six hundred ninety one horsepower at the wheels, um, which in the YouTube era doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it, in in terms of actual real world acceleration. It's a bunch. Yeah. It's really fast. I mean, the YouTube has broken us in, in just thinking anything less than four-figure horsepower is, like, not quick. Mm. But what did I drive? The two cars I drove earlier in the week that had 500 crank horsepower essentially each. And I was like, these are fast. And, yeah. the, and the kid was like, well, I know it's not a lot of power. I was like, look at my look at my eyes, young man. <laughs> you have 500 horsepower in a car that weighs 3,200 pounds. Yeah. This is a lot of power. Yeah. Shit's fast. Yeah. Um, but what's what's really interesting to me about you know you, you don't normally think of superchargers that match well with revy engines you know you don't think about superchargers as being a high revving kind of thing and these lambos are they rev i mean they they, they you you could easily in, on a canyon run spend most of your time between 5 and 8000 rpm which is mm-hmm. not what you would see in a in a mustang or a, a corvette a non-Shelby Mustang, you know, or a, a, an LS or LT-powered car that's known for mid-range torque, you know. A supercharger, uh, especially a Roots-type supercharger, mated with a uh, a very revy engine that goes to 8,500, uh, is not something I would normally think about. But well, it works. It works great. I mean, we have the dyno chart pulled up. and I mean, you can see that, like, the peak power... Is is made at the same RPM it was made at when the car is stock. It's yeah, just the curves are power. fundamentally identical. Yeah, so it's making power all the way to what does that say? Seventy nine hundred RPM at the top here, and then it, yeah. so it drops off very slightly. So I think it's just we see superchargers more commonly on V8s that yeah. are are larger displacement, like Hellcat, Mustang. Like it's just more common. But I mean, you've probably driven a V8. Or sorry, supercharged E ninety or E ninety two. Like I thought that I does theirs. great things for for that engine. So it's it just makes whatever the engine is, the character of it, it, it makes it better and just more exciting. Yeah. It's and and I don't hear about them breaking a lot of cars. Sam Hubinet's got a performante with a VF blower on it that he drifts. It's a rear wheel drive, it's got a handbrake on it. They disconnected the front uh differential and there's videos of it on yep. Sam Hubinet's Instagram and he drifts it. Um, which is, you know, lowish, relatively low speed, relatively high RPM. Uh, these blowers have twin uh, air-to-water intercoolers on the side uh, intakes, the lower intakes. They run an independent uh, cooling system. And 
They're they're pretty well engineered. I do not hear about them breaking blowers or cars yeah. very often, if ever. Uh, I agree. They conservatively tune this stuff. And we've driven a, number, a lot of VF products at this point, probably almost 10. Yeah. And they've always had really functioned great, and we've driven them in really hot weather. Um, Nick said, like, the charge temp is uh, 20 degrees higher with the blower on, um, but you can. But they test them at thermal a lot. Yeah. And, like, the cars will, you know, last roughly as long as they would out there um, before overheating or, or something, like, as they would in stock form because they address the cooling stuff. I might... I mean, I might not do it for a purely track build. If my goal was to just have a track car, I probably wouldn't add this thing. Just because it's another thing. It's another thing. And, it's another system. No, I'm saying what they do. Co- I'm, I'm just saying they do hot weather testing yeah, 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 like, yeah. properly. Yeah. yeah. But as a street car, Ooh, yeah. fuck yeah. 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 Look at the difference in torque. Uh, is that 100? Can you zoom in on this chart? Can we make it bigger? Because I can't really read it. Unless you can read it on your screen, Zach. Uh, I want to see the difference in torque. So let's see. If that's 7,900, peak peak torque isn't there. Peak torque peak is... Peak torque is at 5,11. Is it 5,11 from 350, right? The dotted line? Uh, oh, no, peak torque... No, no yeah. that's the old one. Yeah, so right. The, so the new, tor- the new torque uh, curve is actually more linear and peaks at 5.11 right near where peak power is. Yeah. The old uh, torque number was flatter, but it was a peak of, uh, I think it's 3.53. Yeah. Oops. I don't it's a, it's a lot more a lot more torque. Wait. No, the blue the blue lines are the after there, Zach. So torque is the one that, the, the oh, one yeah. that peaks at 5,000 <laughs> and it's... About yeah, five hundred and fifteen or so, right? Versus yeah. peak torque before is three fifty something. Yeah, that's one hundred and seventy five pounds of torque. One hundred and sixty five, hundred and seventy five pounds of torque, and it peaks earlier. Yeah, I totally misread the chart. Yeah, so as a street car, you're getting a car that will feel way faster in the mid range. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're awesome. It, it was it was great. Like I wouldn't want. I loved that the characteristic of the engine felt stock, but everything's just in fast forward. And it's versus a turbo system, which changes what the car feels like and kind of, in a way, to me, what it is. Yeah, and that the fake hoods, uh, fake uh, roof scoop on the yeah, STO the thing. that. It, it doesn't do much on the regular car. It just funnels air into the engine compartment. But if you happen to have a something in your engine compartment that produces more heat than stock, it's particularly complementary to such a device. That's true. Yeah. You're, it's, it's blowing cold roof air directly onto it, and then with the vents instead of the rear window, those vents extracting at the back, and there's some on the top, there's some in the rear bumper. Yeah. They, they're more effective than the standard Huracan for extracting that heat as well. So the blower will probably perform better in the STO than it is... In the, oh yeah, it's a good point. You know yeah. than it would in the regular car because you don't have a glass. It's not literally cooking under glass. Yeah, you have way better heat extraction. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a funny thing where like the McLaren, the roof stuff is an intake. Yeah. Or like with the you know the GT4, but like with this, it it, it just adds cool air to the engine. Yeah. But um, which I'm sure which like need, helps you know? for something, but it's pretty big scoop for not going into intakes. <laughs> I think if you were doing 
serious track driving, then that would be important mm -hmm. because you need that air moving in and out of the engine compartment. Um, but if you're just using this to stunt around town, like you know, then you're just making anything. yourself like less comfortable. Yeah. yeah, and they have the you know the new Lambo uh, Technica, that's what it's called. Uh, oh yeah, is that the one that's like the to... STO touring? Aren't you going to that drive in Palm Springs? Or yes, something? it's the it's. I think it's called the Technica. Uh, it's the yeah. It's basically the STO touring. So it has the STO powertrain. It has a bunch of the STO aerodynamics, but it has comfort seats. Uh, it has you know some weight put back in. I think. I wonder if it ha does it have the STO it steering. Does not have, steering. It has system? the same steering, but oh, what it does good. not have is that rear the hatch it doesn't have it has a regular glass hatch i mean so this is the one but it does have buy. the rear bumper it has the rear bumper with the extractor this is the one to buy right for sure yeah wow looks good yeah lambo has such a habit of this they make a crazy one and then they dial it back and put comfort seats and then they mm -hmm. make a crazier one and then they dial it back and put comfort seats they always do that it's a lambo formula it's funny i saw the urus performante at um quail Oh, the, the one, one that, that set the, one the weird that, record. The one that set the fake Pikes Peak record. Yeah. It looked dumb. <laughs> Honestly, it looked it looked pretty pretty stupid. I don't I don't know how to I mean look, it's a Performante GTS or whatever. Like it's all a, the companies play a, the same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the black hood was kinda dumb. You can probably get oh. a body colored hood. I wouldn't get a black hood. I've seen like Camaro did that a lot, and yeah. that black tends to fade in the sun, and then it it looks so mismatched mm -hmm. from the rest of your paint, especially because the paint on the Lamborghini, I'm assuming, is very high quality. I don't know what the, if if the black would resist that heat fade or that sun fade more, but it's just, it's, just it hasn't aged well in my opinion as a style. Printing money, the profit margin on that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kyle Kennard's article. This is like this is like. Uh, because we're about to be at the point where Urus leases are coming up, right? So how do you get someone to buy an even more? If they've liked their Urus, mm -hmm. give them something even more expensive. Of course. Of course. I, I mean, can you imagine, like, I mean, I realize we just we just spent 15 minutes talking about a very fast SUV. Um, so obviously people want very fast SUVs, but, like, the Urus was already real fast. Like I, it wasn't. It, that car, it, it didn't need anything. <laughs> um, it doesn't. But I don't, if you're in a circle where all of your friends have an Urus and yep. you have a little more money than them, or you want to spend a little more money than them, like this is how you stunt. If I, you know? if I talked to you about reading the yacht article, there's a, there was a long form article yeah, in the did. New Yorker about Yachts are like about the last yacht way to life. Show off the la Everyone's got lambos every in this uh, by everyone i mean in certain very select circles where people are hoarding resources like you've never fucking heard in your life everyone's got a jet everyone's got five homes everyone's got a bunker <laughs> yeah. everyone's got everyone's got a blood boy you know there's nothing new but the biggest yacht you got, if you really want to be depressed the 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 new yorker article about about yacht people will really make you want to fucking well there's kill like somebody. there's basically no restriction on how big it can be because you're putting it in the ocean you know there's it's not a, like a yeah. house where it's like you can't put that here it's too right, big right but there <laughs> so. are there's a very funny regulation that governs the number of guests that a private yacht can carry before it becomes commercial okay so when you see these yachts advertised anything over like 100 feet and don't get me wrong 100 feet is excessive by any if you were standing on the dock and there was a 100 foot yacht next to you it would be enormous 
would be it's huge. But if you like if you just see if you Google Google a photo of like a 200 foot yacht next to a 500 foot yacht. It's not just being like about being longer. The volumetric increase of can you can you get some kind of picture like that like there's all these memes that's like millionaire versus billionaire blah 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 on Instagram. Oh okay. of like of like a a, a yacht that most people would consider enormously extravagant compared to one that's like unfathomable. Um and they all the regulation says 12 guests is your limit. So when they advertise these things for sale, they always make sure to say, oh, it'll sleep 12 guests and like 35. Yeah, that one. Second, so the top row, millionaire versus billionaire yacht YouTube. Yeah. So the, the volumetric increase. Right, it's twice of, as wide. Of a, that's like that's probably like a 200 foot on the right versus uh, Dilbar is like a, uh, the one on the left is called Dilbar. It was just seized. Because it was an oligarch yacht. Jeez. The 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 it's it's not just length. It's like there's extra floors and there's extra width and there's right. Like, it, it looks twice as tall, twice as wide. Yeah. Somehow they both have helicopter pads, but this can clearly land at larger. Look at on the look on the on the left side there. The second row down. Yeah, that. That's like a that's like a hundred and twenty footer in front of a of a like a four fifty. Uh, yeah, like I mean, the yacht in the front is probably ten to twelve million dollars. That's insane. <laughs> like this one is, yeah. This is like, yeah. These are sailing next to each other, or it's superimposed. But either way, no, it's, no, it's, that's it's, probably real. That's like a two hundred footer in the front <laughs> with a four fifty in the back. The four fifty looks like the navy would yeah. drive it around. I mean, it's well, got they like are now. They confiscated that shit. It's got shit. fifteen radar things on top. That's but insane. both of those yachts. Will hold. Will sleep twelve guests. Really? The because max is twelve. Because well, air quotes. Oh, will okay. sleep twelve guests because that's the regulation for private non-commercial. So yachts. can they only have twelve bedrooms? And they if you go what they'll that? do is they'll have twelve guests and forty crew. And oh. some of the some of the crew will have very nice rooms. Got it. You know what I mean? And, that, and sometimes that those crew thing. aren't all there. Correct. Yeah, or even a fucking racquetball yeah. court. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, so you know, if everyone's got an Urus, and then you know, this is that. This is I want the Urus with the performance package. Got, you want to be depressed? It's, I do think that's that is that is just the hoarding of the resources is astronomical. That that big boat in the back will take. Uh, I think I want to say it's a hundred thousand gallons of fuel. I think that's what it is. I think. That well, one that you know was being—I'm very seized. happy when they don't move very much. Yeah, the that, one that was being seized, that. Uh, right, with the trucks, with the trucks, with the seven I tanker we trucks. Yeah, um, we did talk about it, right? It was ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seized at the fuel dock, and it had seven tanker trucks lined up to fucking fuel it. I think it was in Bali or Fiji, maybe somewhere in the South Pacific. They were trying to. They were trying to fuck it. They, they, we it's hard it to, to run away when you're like, okay, we just got to fuel the thing. It's like, all right, how long is that going to take? Like seven hours. We, um, I was just talking about this. Uh, I, I think it was in, it was Dubai or possibly Bahrain. Um, but they basically delayed Ru- the, the rush. They delayed Russian sanctions for like a minute to allow 20 or 30 oligarch yachts to like roll up and drop anchor and they're all just kind of chilling there and then they were like okay we will impose sanctions starting now 
<laughs> so they could seize all of these things. Yeah. That's for that's clever. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, I forgot how we got to that. Oh, because Urus Performante. Uh, that's a, it's a it's not much of a stretch to go from an Urus Performante to a 500 foot yacht. Just saying. Um, it's all scale. It's economies crazy. of scale. Will this uh, podcast air after the 22nd? Should we talk about our... Mm, this will air next Tuesday. Which is the 21st? Which is the 20th. The 20th. Well, yeah. should we still talk about it? We've already revealed it. Oh, yeah, we can talk the about giveaway? it. The giveaway? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. Just, they don't, there's no landing page until the 22nd. Okay. Yeah. On the 22nd, we will have a place for you to go mm-hmm. to enter to win. Enter to win. The BMW 135i project car, courtesy of your friends at the Smoking Tire. We bought a car. Mm-hmm. It's a 09 BMW 135i. Black on black, manual transmission. Yep. N54. Yep. Pretty clean. Pretty clean. Pretty clean. No nice check car. engine lights. No check engine lights. It's it's a straight car. Uh, we went to the canyons with it to make a video, which will be airing very shortly Next on the Thursday. 22nd. Yep. Is that it? Yep. 22nd. And you'll see how it is stock. We're then going to modify it uh, for the ultimate $30,000 street track. Not Maybe not. Yeah, track. I don't see why not. Street track, canyon, daily, well-rounded car. You yeah. can do things in, use it as a normal car, but it will also be impressive fun in the canyons. It's a question that... So many of the listeners have asked us so many times right. that it seemed like a very good premise for this giveaway. It was like, well, why don't we answer that question in metal? Yes. And then, you know, if, if you guys want to try to win it, you can. So I haven't driven a 135i stock in the canyons in a long, like 10 years, over 10 years. Um, I was really impressed with a lot of things about this car. Uh, for having 93,000 miles, it was awfully tight. The yep. interior was in is in great shape. Some of the plastics are a little tired. We may try and replace those, but but no squeaks or rattles. Uh, the shocks, considering they're original, are in excellent shape. We're also we're going to put coilovers on, but um, for the for the tunability and adjustability that we're looking for and the flexibility. But I thought the ride on the street was really good. The shifter feel was great. Yeah. The clutch engagement is really nice, light clutch, but a really positive uh, uh, catch point on the clutch. Um, the steering has a good weight to it. The car's the right size. Uh, in 2009, people did complain that it was a little heavy. In 2022, it certainly doesn't feel heavy. It's like 3,400 pounds, yeah. you know, about that. Um, the brakes are very effective, although the rotors are a little bit warped. We're going to put new OEM brakes as well as high temp uh, brake fluid. We don't need the car, the OEM brakes are are good. Um, these just are I think a little tired. So we're gonna put brand new hardware, brand new brakes, and then high temp brake fluid. So if you wanted to do a track day, um, I whatever tires are on there right now, I don't like. We're throwing those in the garbage. Yeah, well, because we're gonna do HRE wheels yeah. with sticky Michelin PS4s. Yeah, I think these tires are. Pirellis, but they're not like good Pirellis. They're whatever Pirellis, and they're they're definitely a weak point of the car. Uh, we're gonna get rid of those and do Pilot Sport 4S, um, 
and we're going to do uh, a little bit of paint and body to make it look really nice. We're going to do a crazy, super deep detail to make it look really nice. Motul gave us all the fluids that we need to preemptively do the 100,000-mile service so that it's running as good as it can. It doesn't need more power. It's no. fast. Yeah, it's fast. Uh, that, that N54 engine stock makes excellent power in a car of this size. Yeah. Very, very fast. Very smooth. Big broad torque curve yeah power comes on real early i mean these things like i I don't know if they were underrated from the factory but regardless they feel very fast yeah and like we're not trying to build a car that you can win and then brag about on a forum like it's not it doesn't need to have 800 (laughs) horsepower but like the kind of stuff that we would do to our own car to make it go quicker we lightweight wheels tires brakes suspension um and then just make it healthy as healthy as it right. can be because we that's what we like to do is you know have a car we can drive around and then also it will run the canyons the way we want to run it'll feel competent doing it yeah and uh so like the suspension we don't want to go full race suspension monoball everything like it needs to be relatively comfortable driving around town we don't want to ruin it yeah we don't want to ruin, yeah which you could do easily yes, you, you could easily ruin it um and we want it to be 50 state legal you know you uh, I don't yes. want to you don't want to have someone win a car and then get Reft or right, so we're not doing crazy engine mods that yeah. mean that you are now driving something that is a liability to you yeah. legally in your state. We're not doing that. If you want to do that when you win it, fine. But but um, overall, I mean, for uh, for a totally stock thirteen year old BMW, um, I was pretty impressed with how it drove. I thought it was really fun. Uh, it was it was it had the seats held me really nicely in place. Uh, the inputs were really good. They were they were what I want from a from a Canyon car, um, and it was fast. It was absolutely a fast car. Uh, yeah. It does not need any more power at all. You can you could mob in one of these things, especially if we get lightweight wheels and good rubber and brand new brakes. You're gonna you're gonna be going quick in yeah, this thing. It's gonna be very sticky. It's got a, it, yeah. they're, they're really nice. So really I'm, nice. I think we I think we bought the right car, and I think we're gonna do everything we can to improve it in a tasteful and functional way. And then we're also gonna do, you know, the full service. That way we can't guarantee that nothing would go wrong once you take delivery of the car. It's obviously as is, it's a used car. But we're I don't I don't personally want to give away a car that's that someone's gonna end up with a bill, you know, immediately. And so um, it's seven thousand miles from a service that's known to be a major expensive service. Um, and so we're going to do that service for you so you are at least getting something that's in as good a shape as, as we could possibly give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but So that starts September 22nd. And then when is the drawing? November? Uh, November 16th. 16th is going to be there. p.m. Pacific time is when it ends. And then the announcement will be, I think, very, very shortly after that. A day or two after yeah. that, right? Um, yeah. So we'll put the link in the uh, in the, this show's description on the 22nd when it goes live, but the system's pretty simple. You just buy a piece of merch uh, from the website in that link, and then it will enter you to win um, this BMW 135i after we have given it all yeah. of the attention and care it deserves. And a uh, special shout out to getentertowin.com. That is our, our partner in this. You know, when you're doing giveaways, there's all kinds of uh, sweepstakes, regulations, rules, and stuff like that. I highly recommend people read the disclosures before entering. Um, and they're, they're a veteran-owned business. They've worked with uh, friends of ours, such as Regular Car Reviews and some other YouTube channels. And uh, they're 
they're helping us with the uh, the logistics of this kind of thing, um, especially because there's a lot of like legal bullshit you have to do to, to make it legit, and we're always trying to stay above board. Mm-hmm. But bottom line is, um, the answer to what is the best Canyon car for $30,000, You can, we won't just have an answer for you. You can have the actual car. You can have the answer. You can actually get the car. <laughs> and so we made a video of our impressions of the car stock. We're going to have another video of uh, doing the modifications. We'll have another video for what it's like to drive after the modifications. And then we will um, give it away. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, let's go to the people. Patreon.com slash the Smoking Tire Podcast is how you interact with us on the show. You can watch the live show. You can ask us questions like we're going to get to now. You get an extra ninth show every month. And this month, we're recording that ninth show. We call the Pro Driver Show tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about the Detroit Auto Show, what's going on right now. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the Detroit Auto Show, you should become a patron at patreon.com slash the Smoking Tire. Become a pro driver. Get that ninth show, and we'll be talking about the new Mustang, our thoughts on that. It was just revealed. And more. You can also listen with no ads at at, at the Patreon. So if you don't like ads, don't complain about ads. Ads are for people who get their content for free. You can buy your way out of ads yeah, for a ads. very reasonable amount of money. You can also get early access to shows. You know, so we record this show yep. today, but uh, the general public won't hear it for another five days, four days. Yeah, five you can days. Get it now. You can listen to it now. Um, there's an RSS feed, so you can listen to it on your podcast app or on YouTube. It, you know, same. It's a separate feed. Separate feed, right? Yeah. So it's the same easy listening process you've had with a regular podcast. You can bring it with you and stuff, but it just doesn't have any of the ads, and you get it early. Yeah. Let's go to the people from patreon.com slash smoking tire podcast. Michael Cosgrove says, keep cash and crush. It's a version of fuck, marry, kill, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, crush the uh, Bentega Puro Sangue. We didn't talk about the Ferrari SUV we did yet. Not. And the Urus. Um, the Ferrari SUV was announced. Um, they won't call it that, but we all, but that's what it is. Front engine V12. Um, 750 horsepower. It's nice of them to do a V12. That's yeah. cool. It's kind of like a lifted GT4 Luso. Yeah, you know? basically. The yeah. name is completely absurd. It is the least pure-blooded Ferrari in <laughs> all of Ferrari's history. Right, and they don't want to call it a crossover or SUV, but it is. It, it definitely is. is. It fits I mean, in that definition. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's got suicide rear doors, which that, are sweet. That's fun. That's yeah. very cool. Uh, that I mean, there there is a function to that. You, it it's easier to get in the when your back seat is kind of small. It is easier to get in with a suicide door. You bend your body in a mm. in a better way. So that's that's smart, and I'm sure it'll drive good. Yeah, like, probably. It'll, it'll sound amazing. Probably sound great. It'll probably drive great. Um, there's a f- very funny inter- interview with Luca de Montezemolo on the intercooler. Oh, it's so good. Where he just goes ham on, just trashing yeah. Ferrari. It's really funny. Yeah, he used to run Ferrari, and yeah. he's like, here's why, he, he lays out why they did it, Yeah, why the name thing he doesn't understand. Like, he, that is the most honest statement I think I've ever heard from any CEO in any industry. Well, like, read some Bob Lutz. Oh, that's Bob true. Lutz, he doesn't give a fuck. Or, or, and he's not a CEO, but when the new uh, reissued Countach came out, the statement from Gandini was epic. That's true. Epic. In that line, I guess I should he say. He was all, they didn't ask me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of just He's like, I'm not dead. There. They could have fucking called me these fucks. <laughs> uh, so anyway, fuck, marry, kill, keep, cash, crush. Bentega, Pro Sang, and Urus. 
uh, without driving the Purosang, yeah. uh, I would say crush the Bentega, cash out on the Purosang, and keep the Urus. Wow. Um, cash, I read, is flip. Yeah, I agree. Right? Flip it. I think I would... Oh, that's so hard. Yeah, I crushed the Bentega. I just don't, I just don't like the way it looks. And, I, yes, I mean, it's the same thing. Until we drive the Pro Sang, I can't answer differently. I want to keep the Pro Sang because I think it's very pretty. I like, want to I, flip it I, I and buy a real pretty. Ferrari with the profits. Well, I mean, if I'm buying a Pro Sang and throwing away a Bentega, I can probably buy a Ferrari. So I'm thinking True. in a vacuum. True. So I would like, I want to want to keep the Pro Sang, but we will see. Uh, Gunnar Ray says, why haven't we had John Ward in the new studio? Um, no real reason. We probably should get John Ward in the new studio. I think, was he not here at one point? I don't know. I'd have I have to look know. at the catalog I feel like early. maybe he was, but I, I don't know. Or maybe right at the end of the old one. He might have been right at the end of the last studio, yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer to that last question, so we can just skip over it to the next one there. Okay. Um, S-Scub Trouble? SCB Trouble? Turble? Um, sure. SCB Trouble, I guess. I don't know. Can you move the mouse so I can read it? There's a thing over it. It's just S-E-B-T-R-B-L. No, no, the, the question. Oh, sorry. Why is that hanging a, I don't know. There's a thing that's over the question. There we go. Do I have any experience with left-hand drive swapped cars? Uh, they are common in my country, and a left-hand drive GTR sounds perfect in a country where you drive on the right side. I do not have a... Uh, that is... No, that's not true. That was right-hand drive. Uh, no, I, I imagine if the same car was built in both configurations, then it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. I've seen a couple of left-hand drive converted GTRs before, but I am not particularly interested in that. I don't I don't need a GTR to be left-hand drive. I'm I I don't find it difficult to drive a right-hand drive car. I don't go to. Nobody should ever go to a drive-through. You should. You should just not go to drive. People go. What do you do at the drive-through? You don't go. You, you just don't easy, go that day. You just don't go ever to a drive-through. There's no healthy food coming out of a drive-through. <laughs> None. El Pollo Loco is not terrible, but I think uh, I think the amount of money you would spend to convert a car like that, or the amount of time you'd spend if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You could very easily just learn to drive the right-hand drive car and not have a problem with it, and then. Just, you know, the money it would cost you to convert it, you'd just have a second car that you could take to the drive-thru. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a couple of incredibly mild inconveniences that can come from driving a right-hand drive car. Yeah. They are fucking mild. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're losing something about that car. Like, yeah. you know, if, if it was made in both left-hand drive, right-hand drive, fine. But if it was only made right-hand drive, yeah. that's part of its charm and part of its identity. So yeah. to change that fundamentally, it's just like... And I think with a GTR, you'd have to have like an entire custom dash made, right? Because they didn't make it left-hand drive. Yeah, the drive. ones I the one I saw the one I saw that was converted, it looked pretty decent. I don't know where they got the dash from. Wow. Uh, and I I don't know how they did it, but it looked okay. I mean, I didn't see it, I didn't touch it, I didn't sit in it. It was a photo on the internet. So okay. I don't know what they did. Was it like one of these Sultan of Brunei where like they paid Nissan? No, I think it was for sale million? on Cars and Bids or something. Wow. Is where I saw it. Um, but and it looked okay. I mean, it, it it looked fine. But I imagine it's pro like, what did I? I drove one car. Where did I drive a car? 
that had no i have driven oh, something one. i have driven something no it wasn't you know what it was it wasn't converted i drove a cars and bids you were right yeah cars and bids and go see if there's a photo of the interior yeah, there is. It's, uh, yeah there it is and that looks pretty good doesn't it yeah from this photo i mean that looks it doesn't look like what a like a regular but the gauges are different than a stock R34. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how this was done. Um, um, oh, it's got a pre-correct Nismo gauge cluster. That's yeah. why it looks different than the car I drove because it's just Nismo instead. But my main concern would be, what happens with the steering shaft? Do they have to put an extra joint in there mm. to bend it around something? Like I drove a good, I point. drove a E46 M3 that had a V8 in it once. And that was real cool, except to get the steering shaft around the V8, oh. they had to put an extra joint in there, a knuckle. And the steering feel was all kinds of trash. Yeah. And so that's that would be a concern I would have with this type of car, where if it was never built, if it's built both ways, then you just get the one from the other way. Mm -hmm. But if it was never built both ways... Wait, go go up. Let me see what can you what, what does that one say? The da, 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 da. does this really scroll down one paragraph? Uh, as legend, in order for work, the gauge goes steering wheel and pedals are opposite of the car. Um, yeah. Signal, yeah. I, it doesn't seem like it's worthwhile. That that it, that my opinion, it doesn't seem like it's worthwhile. That's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is a really important and I think overlooked note is where is the steering routed? Like, did, were they able to take, you know, a steering the rack and pinion system from like a two forty and mm -hmm. it worked because it's an inline six and it slots down on the left side, like, and then in the exhaust manifold. And it's not the kind of that thing that too. was mentioned in this particular. Option. Yeah, this, yeah. But I mean, that's a really good point because then if you're in the steering on a car that's very good, yeah, just to have. Yeah, a new a different engine, or yeah. to have the driving on the left side. Like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's something I would I would think about. Just drive um, on the right hand side, man. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, Kurt said I had a newer Camry rental car, and I was surprised that any it wasn't any more quieter, more comfortable, and nicer than my 2012 Accord V6. Is this an exception to the rule, or something you've noticed too? Well, a few things could go into this. One is if you have an, a top-of-the-line Accord from 2012 versus a base-base model Camry from 2022, there you could have, if you have leather and this is cloth, if you have a top-tier trim and this is a bottom trim, um, there there could be all kinds of things that could that could, you know, Put be like that, but it's also a rental car. It's also a rental like, car. It could have been driven really hard. Yeah, the bushings could be going. The maintenance it might not be as good. Uh, it might not be as up on the maintenance. It could have cheap, loud tires on it. Yep. Um, but for a midsize sedan, I would say that other than the technology in the car, if we're talking about just gas powered, you know, front wheel drive, automatic transmission, gas powered sedans. No, not much has changed yeah. since 2012. They've got maybe an extra gear or two in the gearbox. They've got better Bluetooth and touch screens and maybe radar cruise control. And But it's not like the quality of leather and refined. The Camry didn't become an S-Class in the last 10 years. True. 
I mean, they were all, they've been quiet for a long time, as has the Accord. Yeah. But I think I think you're just not doing an apples to apples comparison when you're driving a rental car. I mean, I've driven plenty of rental cars that feel much older than their odometer reading sure. would imply. Yeah. So. Yeah, I drove a horrible Focus uh, Ford Escape when I was in uh, South Carolina last month. Fucking horrible, and it was like a twenty-one. And it felt and it shuddered and the it had that terrible Ford automatic gearbox, the power shift or whatever it was, and it fucking the engagement was awful. And if I was just comparing that to a really well kept car from twenty twelve, I might go, Well, this isn't any nicer. Like on a similar thread, Sarah's car is getting the roof resprayed, so she rented a car and they had a Miata RF for rent. Mm -hmm. And the rate was high, and then she walked up to it, and there was, like, duct tape on one of the door panels. And, yeah. and, there, and she's like, you want to knock this rate down? They're like, yeah, we'll knock the rate down. <sighs> also, now she got home and learned that the trunk wouldn't close and latch unless I sat on it. Like, I, she tried to here. slam it. I had to sit on it. and it, and it but, but strangely, the hardtop convertible went down. <laughs> but what was funny uh, is that, you know, we, we've talked about before how, like, small cars make you want to drive like a dick. Yep. It worked with her. She took me for a ride, and I was like, I want to put on two seatbelts, because she was just having way too much fun. She's like, it's so easy to put it, place it in traffic, and like, it's so zippy. And I was like, yeah, I drove yeah, like an I'm asshole. I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, it was, she was having a really a great time. It was just funny to watch another person who's not a car person yeah. get corrupted That's by that small funny. go-kart type feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Hannah with an electric car. Does she? Great. Hannah, Hannah all of a sudden has... 400 pounds of torque available instantly and boy does she like to use it she will take any fucking hole in traffic <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck that's so funny she's silent mobbing in that thing absolute it's power very corrupts. funny yeah. yeah um chris navio thoughts on a 997.2 gt3 rs 4 liter being listed for a million dollars at porsche colorado springs will they continue to go up in value like the cgt of course they will that's so much money of course, they, well, I don't think they'll get a million dollars. That's above market price for the car. But if you're a dealer, you ask high and you negotiate. Right. Um, Wait, what do CGTs? CGTs now though are like well over Carrera a million. Carrera GTs aren't are a million and a half to two. Yeah, and that but, feels. But they were undervalued for a while. Yes, no, I agree. Yeah. they look like supercars. They're yeah. super unique. I don't know, this but is a lot. the four, well, a four O, they made very few of them. I know they made 610, six hundred and ten, six something. The, very few of them. They're the they are the 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 most powerful naturally aspirated nine nine seven, which a lot of people are you know still about. Um, it's before the cars got too big. And if, I don't know this car. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at this <laughs> listing. This car might have no miles on it. It might be in a paint to sample color. Do you do you have it? They, well, they made six hundred nine nine seven. Okay, six hundred. Um, let me look up Colorado. If it's in a paint to sample color, if it's got no miles, if it's one owner, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that something like this could be exceptional. If it's like white with twenty five thousand miles, then yeah, that's a crazy amount of money. But if it's another color that we're not used to seeing with a thousand miles, then it, that would be an extraordinary thing. And I mean, yeah, they've just they will fluctuate at a certain point, but there are so few of them, and it's not just a special edition. It's a, a very high performance with a different engine. Mm -hmm. It's a different naturally aspirated engine. It's not like that one runs 10 psi a boost and this one runs 12. It's a it's a different displacement. In Porsche world, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Did you is it? Did you find I, it? I couldn't find the listing oh. on their site. Maybe it's sold. Maybe yeah, it might have sold quickly. 
Uh, Scott says, I just bought a fourth gen Firebird. God yeah. help you. Uh, the previous owner was 6'5 and 400 pounds, so the stock seat is yep. trashed. New shit. Finding stock replacement seats is not going well. Also, no shit. Recommendations for a good aftermarket replacement seat. The car is a daily driver cruiser and won't see any tracks, track use. I'm 6'2 with broad shoulders, so I'm not looking for anything aggressive. Just a good, comfortable, well-made aftermarket seat. I still like these cars. I think they look awesome. You ever they're drive so, one? So, I've never they're driven one. Shit piles, it's just man. an F body, right? Yeah, yeah, but they're just the build quality was so abysmal. They're fast, yeah. and with the right uh, suspension and wheel and tire setup, they handle unbelievably well. You three hundred five square stance, yeah, they stick. with a nice set of KW V threes and big brakes and good tires, and they are fast. But they rattle like a bucket of Lego going so down the stairs. So basically, you should just take all of the interior panels out and just make it full track car. Yeah, I just think they look um, rad. I mean, I haven't tried a lot of really good aftermarket seats. All the good ones I've tried have been Recaro's. I mean, what did you have in your Vets? Those were Sparco Evo yeah. 2 Pluses. And so the Evo 2, the number, the 2 in Evo 2 meant it was a little wider as opposed to the regular Evo, which was skinnier. And then the Plus meant the shoulder harness holes were a little higher for mm. taller drivers. Right. But um, This guy doesn't need that. He's not. He, he needs a comfy seat. I Ricardo. I don't know what it also depends on like what's gonna fit yeah like Corbos fit in GM products pretty well yep um, Recaros are always they always seem to be the most expensive but they're really high quality you don't want to fuck around with a seat because if you get a cheap seat like with your that Crown Vic with those shitbox seats you Ter- bought they were terrible they could look good in photos. And then be really uncomfortable. And unsafe. And and then if you get rear-ended and the joint breaks, now you've got a busted spine. Right. Um, Like, people don't realize how important the seat is in crash safety. All you have to do is go online and watch the clip where Matt LeBlanc gets rear-ended on Top Gear. I think Chris might have rear-ended him while they were moving. And watch how far back his seat bends and he goes up the seat in a Mercedes and it it holds that force. But if you had a cheap seat that snapped, like you said, now you have something going right into your spine. It's really bad. I mean, maybe if you can find OEM seats from like a uh, 2010 and up Camaro, that might fit. Also, like, you know, what fits and, and... and what doesn't fit. Like, I'm not really sure what fits. Right. Find some ATSV seats or something like that. Or yeah. ATS seats. I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not sure <laughs> what what is going to fit there. But maybe even Corvette seats. And Corvette seats might fit. But Recaro does make the best seat. And you really, it's like a helmet. You, it's such an important piece of safety in the car that you really shouldn't cheap out so on. So Corbo does make uh, seat brackets for 93 to 02 Firebirds. Okay. So that tells me that they probably make seats that would also fit if they make the bracket but mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have to it's it, it like you said it's gonna go to the sites and see what lists your car or you might have to email um the reps from the companies and ask if they'll fit yeah or i hate to say this but go in a forum and see if whatever anyone else has put in their cars those stock seats are trash, though. I'm not surprised that Trashy. the previous owner was a big boy and totally fucking blew them out. That sounds, that's definitely par for the course. Nick G just turned 40 and wants a happy birthday. Yes, you can. Happy birthday, Nick G. 
been listening for a long time. All right. Uh, Daxa's been loving the uptick in moto conversation, especially in the episode of Alonzo. Is there a motorcycle experience you're interested in that you haven't tried yet? Uh, I'd like to go to Sturgis. I think that would be a funny thing to watch people into human behavior experiment. Totally. Um, I want to do... I'd like to do the Supermoto class they do at Adams Motorsport Park, mm-hmm. just to like play with those things. Um, oh, John Deisty from Colorado Springs Porsche texted me. Uh, oh. The RS 4.0 was Zwartz originally. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can we can ask Zwart why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I there's part of me that wishes I knew how to ride a motocross track once, but I will break myself. I think Zwartz car was a paint to sample. I don't think it was white. I think it had some crazy color. If you just Google, better not be silver or no. I think it was blue or something. It was cool. In which I, I, Zwart provenance plus paint to sample, I think, is uh, possibly worthy of a of a plus ten to fifteen percent over regular value. I want to say it was blue. Mm, I don't know. Maybe go. not. Was I Road, wrong? It's on Road Scholars. Yeah, or, or it used to be. Let me see. What I color think is, this it? is it? It's loading very slowly. GTS 4.0, order new. Yeah, one of two painted dark sea blue. Yeah. Wow. Find another one. And this sold, uh, this is on Road Scholars listing, but yeah. this is probably old if it's at Colorado Springs yeah. now. Yeah, go up. This thing will know. Oh. We can call Cam Ingram and ask him what it sold for. Ask him why his website's not loading. Yeah. <laughs> Your website sucks, Cam. Um, right. Yeah, whatever. That's that's why. If it was white, if it had no provenance, you know that would then it would be two to three hundred thousand dollars less. Yeah. But but a, a, a very an already rare car in a very rare color. And it had it had eleven thousand miles on it when it was listed or oh. sold. Oh, here. that's actually a good amount of miles. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty okay. awesome. That's, that, that explains that. Uh, I would like to do a motorcycle road trip that I've, I've never really done that. I When I was dating Tracy back in the day, mm-hmm. we rode a motorcycle to Palm Springs, like Joshua Tree. It was like a there and back with a one-night overnight. That, I suppose, counted, but it wasn't really. Like, I'd like to do a multi-day yeah, you talk about doing it like Thad and Musto or yeah, something, right? Yeah, I would like to do it. it and you could ride those, to Sturgis. It's one of those things I never get around to because there's always more important shit to do, and it would take a lot of time and resources and money to actually do it. But it's it's on the back of the back of burner. Um, ben Halloran says, uh, in the Scotland cast, you mentioned a U.K. road trip, main points of interest you want to visit. I mean, I've been to the UK a bunch. It's not about points of interest. I, it's about seeing friends at this point. Mm-hmm. I'd want to go see Chris Harris. I'd want to go see Phil at Caffeine and Machine. I'd want to go see Richard Tuttle, drive some of his shit. Yeah. Uh, Phil said he would set us up with Don Law and drive the Ford Supervan, the XJ220 powered van. And and I'd like to uh, to see the McLaren people and the Bremont people and the Morgan people. And it's not about stops necessarily and, and seeing things. It's about seeing people. I would like to visit ProDrive in addition to all the things you said because I drove past it when I was there for the drive shoot. And mm. I like, I think I emailed their PR person. Like, we didn't know it was right there. Yeah. I'm like, hey, can we pop in? And it just was too late notice. But like that place has just so many legendary stories. ProDrive would be a good place to stop. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's about it's about seeing uh, seeing people. 
Um, Thomas Wilkes, uh, now that your house is done, any suggestions for kitchen gadgets or appliances that are actually worth it? I mean, yeah, the foot pedal thing on the kitchen sink, that's awesome. While your hands are dirty, covered in raw meat or whatever the fuck, that foot pedal, that shit rules. Love that. Um, my my new blower fan above the hood, above the, the stove, outside the house on the roof, the motor. Oh, that's what that is. It's like a, it's like a, it's not in the unit, it's out there. So really easy to clean because there's nothing mechanical in there to get gunked up. And also it flows a shitload of air, which is really nice. <laughs> Sucks the oxygen out of the room. Yeah. If there's a fire, you just hit that button yeah. and puts it out. And um I don't have a whole lot of other like gadgets. I have a deli slicer we got for our wedding, which is a great wedding gift to either give or receive. Um, that that thing we find all kinds of uses for. Your standard KitchenAid stand mixer, you know the 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 one that's like this big, always a lot of uses for the stand mixer. Other than that, I'm not that gadget heavy. I got I really have the uh, the classics. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of a lot of extra stuff. But a lot, but space. My kitchen has so much space. Yeah, it's, big. it's big, and like, I just, I can, I just can. Because because people always gather in the kitchen. Like in my old house, we had seating everywhere, and everyone just stood around the fucking island in the kitchen. I mean, usually because there was good food. Because there. there was food. Right. Well, now the island has four stools on it. You know, so people can actually sit at the kitchen while I'm making food. Yeah. And, uh, and now there's not a fight for appetizer space and cook uh, correct. prep, stuff, prep yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's really it. Uh, Christian Pelfrey, is there a planned – oh, was that – Was did, did Micah Moore have – was that it? He Go. had a dark horse question, but that, oh, we're going to cover we'll that tomorrow save that, the Detroit Auto we'll Show. We'll save that for the Pro Driver Show. Christian Pelfrey, is there a planned follow-up book to Ludacris? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You gotta ask Ed. I have yeah, I would ask the author of Ludacris, Ed Niedermeyer. I just appeared on a podcast with Ed and Moody Hikmet. Go watch that. It's called uh, I'm not sure how much mobility invitation no. Um the sh- is the show actually called I'm not sure how much more mobility invitation I can take because that's a long name for a show, but it's something like that. Is that what it's called? Mhm. I don't, I, think, I don't know. I think it is. But just look up Niedermeyer Moody Podcast. You'll find it. Um, Will Boggs, what modifications on a car make the car feel the most special? Um, feel the most special. Well, it depends how you define special. I mean, there's certain things that might not change the performance of the car at all but would totally change the feedback of the car. For instance, if you put a short throw shifter in the car, it yeah. might make the gear changes feel more precise, but it wouldn't really change the performance at all. Yeah, and, and Will, you know, you said, uh, I want to correct you on something. Um, you said that you know adding suspension might not improve the driver feedback if the car already has good enough stock suspension. But I like my car, adding suspension with a good alignment absolutely improved the driver feedback. Like the yeah. steering feel was way better. The turning was better. It was more fun to drive. It turned, like everything about how that car drives, uh, other than it's ride over broken pavement, like was improved mm-hmm. by the suspension, even though 
the stock suspension is good for like GT stuff and it's nice and soft, but I think yeah. it definitely improves it. I mean, aftermarket exhaust. Aftermarket exhaust makes the car feel like you've just gained 30 horsepower Very and you've true. probably gained three. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I saw this guy with a fucking like Scion TC the other night, straight piped, yeah. missing the rear bumper, and he was driving it like he had a V12 because yeah. he wanted to hear it. He's like, I'm f he, he felt so fast. Yeah. You put an exhaust in your car and you all of a sudden feel like you are so full of power. Yeah. And you are not. You are only full of noise. I would say that almost any mod I've done has made that car feel more special because it has changed it the interaction with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I put an intake on my Jetta when I was like in college, but I still enjoyed that for the three years I owned it because it sounded different. Sure. Yeah. Um, William F. Kraft. How are the BTUs in the new kitchen? It is all about those BTUs, brother. I One of the things I'm really impressed with, I've cooked two meals on my new stove. One of the things I'm really impressed with, the precision of the flame is awesome. I got a lot of horsepower on there, but the the the, um, the it's like it's like STO steering. It's like mm -hmm. one to one with the knob, really good. And the ovens, because I have a gas stove and electronic oven. My old house I had a gas oven, highly imprecise. The new oven is fucking boom, right to the degree. It's fucking. Awesome. That is important. Yeah, that is very important. And the new ovens, the um. The oven racks mm -hmm. are on roller bearings. Whoa. They slide in their load bearing. So you fucking pull that shit all the way out. It's got a Thanksgiving turkey on that bitch, and it's going to it's gonna hold nice. Wow. It's That's cool. really nice. It's on a detent. So it's, it clicks in and stays, and then and it clicks in and stays I've out. I've never seen that before. It That's fucking rad. rules. When I discovered that, I was like, oh, that's the shit. That's cool. And it has a... a, a a meat thermometer that plugs into the oven itself. So you can select cook my turkey to 150 and it will cook it until it, the t internal temp is done. And it's just it's all connected and then it turns the oven off. Like it's it's a it's a it's a, a thermometer like yeah, a yeah. needle right. with a like a 10-inch wire and a and a fucking like a guitar plug, a quarter inch plug that plugs into the inside of the oven. Crazy. Yeah. And then so when you, it's done, it turns the oven off. Yeah, wow, that shit is awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cook it higher than one fifty, or you get sick. Uh, I just made up. I just made up a number. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but but yeah. Uh, Sean Finney, favorite slow and low depreciating daily drivers to complement a sports car. Ideally used automatic all wheel drive, forty five grand. Lexus IS three fifty. A clean low, Lexus IS350 will never be less than $25,000. I agree, but I would say if you already have a sports car, an IS350 is a little small, so I would mm. go GS350 F Sport, which is around 45 and I think is such a good overall sedan. Or like an RX. Like I mean, yeah. any any Lexus with a V6 of like yeah. crossover sedan. Oh, you need he needs all wheel drive. Uh so RX, yeah, RX is RX350 yeah. if it fits your life. Like not a particularly interesting car, but they will. It'll be fucking RXs and cockroaches at the end. We'll That's all be true. dead. Very It'll true. Just be RXs. Um, to, uh, yeah, I mean, what what else would you? What would I? I mean, I would want slow depreciating. I mean, Lexus and and Toyota are like boring, but they last. They are. Oh, you can get a GS350 with all wheel drive. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd recommend that again. Uh, but what else? 
My sister had a Honda Pilot. What about really the, liked it? What about the new Continental? I know it looks like a livery car. Oh, interesting. But I bet the repair costs are high. They don't share a lot of parts with other stuff. Mm, that's not good. Yeah, but they are nice, aren't they? Yeah. The the Lincoln Continental recently discontinued. They right. they didn't make it. They stopped making it, right? I think I, they stopped I don't making know. it. Um. The. I would not say Grant. Uh. Trying to think, forty-five k. That's I mean, forty-five k will get you a great, great two generations ago Range Rover, like a twenty twelve or twenty third twenty twelve Range oh Rover. Oh God, Just the Ford engine one. Save ten k for repairs, man. Yeah, I mean, but it'll get you a great one. It will. That's true. Slow depreciating. Slow and diesel. Slow. Diesels really have even after Dieselgate, like the Q7 diesel, the X5 diesel, the Mercedes um, ML3 350 diesel. Those have a floor. Yeah. Because there are is a diehard contingent of people that will that that's all they want. Dude, that X5 diesel that Thad and I drove for a week was. Phenomenal. Yeah, they're great. At everything. Yeah. That was a great car. Or, you're not going to like this, Outback. An Outback, like, doesn't depreciate. True. They have a, they have a floor. You get an Outback, 45K. You don't have to spend 45K. You spend 25K on an Outback. Four or five years old, 30, 40,000 miles, 25 to 28K. And you'll you, that car will never go below twenty. I mean, in that vein, if we move to dirt stuff, Wranglers or Forerunners, like a, any Forerunner is not going to depreciate. Yeah, Forerunners for sure. Yeah, and that has the Lexus reliability. God, they drive awful. They do. Forerunners drive at six like, speed. You want to talk about a fuck on. where d- durability is like the only virtue? Yes. If not for durability, the Forerunner is possibly the most overrated vehicle. Oh, for sure. You can't sell the same transmission yeah. for you know fifty years, maybe yeah. not fifty, but like. But it, my it sister-in-law so just spent so much money on a Forerunner. Really? It's like three years old. She spent so much money on it, and I. I didn't want to talk her out of it. She wa- she just wanted it. She can afford it. She got it, and she fucking loves it. And she doesn't care that it drives like garbage. God, she's yeah. hunting for gears all yeah, the time. Yeah, always hunting yeah. for gears. Um, but my my physical therapist, you might notice I'm wearing my mesh shorts today because I went to physical therapy right before this. Um, he just sold his Outback. He had a 2015 Outback, and he had it for three years, and he put like 12,000, 14,000 miles on it, and he got like four grand less than he paid for it wow. after three years. So that that's a Outbacks. That's amazing. Yeah, Subarus, naturally aspirated hold. Subarus. Yeah. Are yeah, they're a good good place to go to. Uh Jeremy Martin. Thank you, Scott, for your note. Jeremy Martin says, okay, a lot of words here. Owned a nine nine six Cabriolet for a few years. I'm dying to track the damn thing. Uh, they might not let you track a 996 Cabriolet. I don't know if they'll... It'll need a roll bar. It may With a roll bar, you may not... You, I would check your local regulations before signing up and giving money to a track day. Let's assume that you can. Gotcha. Let's, for the purpose of the question, assume you can. Uh, while it's running great, knock on wood, mechanically perfect, to turn 100,000 miles, it's going to need a few thousand bucks of suspension. Wait. So it's it's not, going to it's need a few ready. thousand bucks of suspension, bushing, and brakes freshened up to be track worthy. Am I dumb or should I just buy a new 86? Okay, well, here's the thing. If you haven't taken it on the track yet, it doesn't need those things. 
to be track worthy. You could do an HPDE, assuming the roll bar situation is handled, on the car as it is, and then figure out what you need later. You don't need to spend several thousand dollars on a car before doing your first HPDE. I mean, unless your suspension is like blown broken. out. Like yeah. if you have leaking shocks or something, then you do. I mean, and you definitely need to freshen your brakes before you go out and do a, a track day. But like, maybe you can hold off on suspension and bushings until you take it out and see if this is actually the car you want to drive on the track. Um, you put wheels and PS4s on it. I mean, or should I buy an 86 or should I buy something else? Uh, yeah. The best car to take to the track is the one you have, right? So I would, assuming the roll bar thing works out, do a track day and then figure out what areas need addressing and when. Mm-hmm. If your brakes are really shot, I would start there because that's a safety issue. You could drive a car on tired suspension on the track, and it might not be as good as it can be, but it'll get you around. True. So you don't necessarily need to blow five or six grand on a set of fancy coilovers, um, and, and you definitely don't need to necessarily do bushings. I mean, 23 years old, you'll need to do bushings soon, but maybe not necessarily right now. Yeah. You could do a track day, and it'll be okay. I mean, it sounds like I'm impressed this is your everything car. You have snow tires for it. You say you love it. You love it. It feels special whenever you cruise it around. So I think if you've never done a track day, if you can get the taste of it with this car without having to spend a bunch of money on like a roll bar and shit, if you like it, you, you might he might be a good case for go find a $5,000 Miata. And like, Maybe. That's your track thing. You're not worried about breaking it. And now you can keep the cab you love without having to compromise it and modify it you know, in all these different ways just to make it do something that it's not actually that well sorted to do. Yeah, I agree. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, a 996 cab isn't ideal for track days no matter what. Yeah. Um, And if you start stiffening up the suspension, you might find that the cab chassis isn't as rigid as you thought it was. You know, you might find other other areas in which it is compromised that you might not like. I mean, a, a convertible Porsche catches a bad rap, but it's a nice car for the street. Um, and in, f- in fact, my advice to a lot of people is if you want to save a little bit of money and get into a Porsche, you know, a cabriolet often will sell for substantially less than the fixed roof version. And most of the time, the experience is just as nice. In some cases, it's better. Um, but best car to take to a track day is the car you've got. Right. Don't, it sounds like that's the situation. Yeah. Some, you know, you, you're itching to go. But, and this is what you have. Yeah. Uh, that's our show for today. For the pro drivers out there, we'll be back tomorrow with a pro driver show talking about the Detroit Auto Show, the new Mustang, the electric charger. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Joe Biden's dumbass fucking tweet. It was. We can talk. Uh, yeah. I have was, theories. <laughs> I mean, I have. I, I have what. I have a guess of the obvious, the most obvious yeah. thing that happened, but uh, still, yeah, the fact checking is the thing. Right, um, <laughs> your staff is there's so many people on staff. A lot of people on staff, not running that by. I, I would volunteer to be automotive fact checker for the Biden administration. Reuters also fucked it up. I'm, yeah, I'm sure a few people fucked it up. <laughs> but uh, that's our show for today. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you later. Bye.